Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin' fantasy champs? What's up? He's last year. Welcome to Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon, by the way. Uh, last year, I literally did not win a fantasy championship. I got shafted by injuries. And I think it was in six leagues. COVID. Yeah, dude, it was a bad year. I had a really bad year. I think I made it to one championship, and then three people got on the COVID list, and I got pooped on, and I was like, okay, all right. Had enough of that. Um, but this year, I'm in two leagues. Uh, and as we are currently talking, it is a Monday, so we're transitioning to off-season content in this show, but I still have a little bit of fantasy football left to play uh, as we chat on this podcast, so I don't know if I won. I'll let you know uh, literally next week. Bro, that's going to be if tough if you go two straight years. You, I think you won. I think you're pretty good. Yeah, I, I all should right. be all right. It would be tough if I didn't win a championship in two straight years because that, that would be terrible. No that one wouldn't be very brand of you. <laughs> I have a, I have I have an I have an allergic reaction to league winners. Yeah, last two years. So anyway, I had I had a league where I had Debo and Cooper Cup, freaking Debo and Cooper Cup, and I lost. How does that happen? What? That's insane, dude. That's actually that I. I feel really bad for you about that one. That's that like should not have happened. Winners of league winners, and I still lose. <laughs> I took the championship in two leagues. One of them, I really don't think I was the best team. I just kind of benefited from situational stuff. Yeah, and that's um, the league that I'm in with you that I officially won. Um, okay. Yeah, I think my team is okay, but I don't think it's championship i think it's just because my quarterback robbed you robbed the person who pro who, who set it was a kick uh league of ordinary gentlemen correct yes yep okay so this league we kicked off uh startup draft i can't remember i think it was like early summer yeah and um and a team just went all in on this year like absolutely so, all yeah. in all the old yep. men drafted to the team roster stacked like he's gonna be very, very bad in like two years. Kind of gonna be sad. He won't know what to do. Um, but he went all in for the win, and he lost in the first round. Yep. He's third place though. Third place. Congratulations. Third place gets you zilch. By the way, winner yeah, take all. So anyway, yeah. but as we transition away, congratulations if you won your fantasy championships. If you're just raging because you lost, um, you can rage in the comments all you want. Yeah, just yell at us. Yell at Antonio Brown running off the field. Yes, exactly like that. Just when he was waving to the fans, he was waving at you, being exactly. like saying goodbye to your fantasy championship because I only scored yep. five points. Yep, that's exactly what he was saying. Goodbye to your fantasy championship. Yeah. So <laughs> we're transitioning now on the podcast to for the fantasy champions to off season content, and um, I like to theme each month of these um, these segmented months where we're waiting for football to come back. Because um, we always talk about the same kind of uh, stuff in each month. So, like, you know, there's draft month and there's, um, you know, a season recap month and 
different stuff like that. NFL draft month and then fantasy draft month. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff. And um, there's a month for free agency. Do we spend a whole month talking about free agency? I don't know. I don't know Probably if we said a whole month, but we definitely have a couple shows about it. But uh, anyway, so this month we are going to spend recapping the 2020 season, just going through some of the things that happened, some of the things that uh, did not happen that we thought might. Um, and on the first two episodes of this recap month, we're going to hit on our biggest misses and our biggest hits of the 2020 season or 2021 season, I should say. Uh, so we'll go through some guys that we absolutely nailed, some predictions we hit uh, very hard on, and then we're going to go through some guys that um, were just complete misses, and we're sorry for destroying your <laughs> your season. So. Definitely had a little bit of both. I think we did pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah, I think we did pretty good. Um, but we'll start with our biggest misses on this show, and we're going to give five of our biggest misses. I labeled them so okay. that you know who screwed the pooch on these. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Uh, before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all those platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have as we jump into the offseason. And let us know if you won your championship. That would be great, too. Yeah. So, do you have any uh, Do you have any thoughts before we kick off the uh, the good old program, my guy? Um, no, I think, uh, I think it's it. I'm just excited that I won two championships and I'm hoping for Nick Chubb tonight. So I can say one, three, really? How many <laughs> it would be kind of tough if neither of us won the fantasy champions league that we're in two years in a row. We both have one. Yeah. That would be, that would be stupid. Yeah. All right. <laughs> to be fair. That's true. To be fair, I believe that that was the first um, startup draft that we ever managed. Yeah, it was the first. So. Yeah, our teams are both pretty good, though. You just got injured. I got, I got very injured. I got injured too, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, not not as bad as you. So let's go through our biggest misses of the 2020 season. Got to hold us accountable. This is the L. This is the L show. The L show. Um. This is where we got to hold ourselves a little bit accountable for the mistakes that we made um, in preparation for the draft. And we are going to do a show specifically pertaining to some lessons we learned from the season. Um, some good, some bad. And we'll go through that when that time comes. But um, these are guys we just completely swung and struck out. Like Aaron Judge. Nice. Screw the Yankees. Yeah, screw the Yankees. Um, so let's let's jump in with the first one, um, and this was this was mine. This is one of my yeah. my big predictions on the year. I believe you go back to the poll, the bold prediction show that we did earlier this off season, mm-hmm. and you can find um, my sleeper app just crashed. Great, um, you can find my prediction on Clyder Brutalaire. You know, it'd be fun if I put the uh, the clip in here, but I don't I don't want to spend the time editing that. I need an editor. <laughs> yeah, you guys are editors, and you want to edit for free for us. I mean, I do have the show. If you, it, it would still be a lot though. Yeah, I know. Um, but anyway, so we have at the running back position. I said Clyde Edwards-Alaire would be a top five running back this year. And people yep. were, I remember people were doubting. You were doubting that he was going to be really good. 
Um, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to come out and say that he's going to be top five. And <laughs> hopefully you didn't draft him that high because uh, he's running back 36 on the year. Yeah. <laughs> but he only played in 10 games. So okay. some people might be like, okay, he should have finished higher. Um, he definitely probably would have finished top 20 had um, he played all of his games. Uh, but he did only average 9.8 points per game on the season, which for a running back and half PPR on a team that throws it a lot for a running back that sh- that has pass catching ability and that should be getting a lot of pass catching work, he should be a lot higher. And uh, mm-hmm. he just wasn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't hate this take, okay, because not at all. I, I was a big fan of Clyde. I took him. Um in a draft. Uh, I wanted to take him in our home league. I was definitely, he was definitely in consideration for my pick. Um, I think I took him in a best ball league that I was one of the best ball leagues that I did. Um, But yeah, I don't know. He, the problem with Clyde, man. Yeah. Is they don't use him in the way that he should with the chiefs. And unfortunately I'm going to say this right now. I don't know if that's ever going to change. Yeah. Um, I agree. He came into this league as a pass catching running back. His whole, um, his whole, all his player comps were pass catching running backs. He's pretty much a wide receiver at the running back. He's a security blanket for quarterbacks. Yet in this season, he only had 23 targets. I, and I know he only played 10 games. So yeah. he was on pace for that's probably like, a, like close to 40 targets, maybe just under that. But if you have a running back like this, he needs to be getting like 67 targets yeah. a season. Um, and he doesn't do that. And because of that, he's never going to reach the ceiling that I think he should in the offense that he's in, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't awful when he was out there this year, but yeah, uh, fully healthy. But it's just, it's just tough, man. Poor Clyde. Cause I, I still like the player, but. Yeah, and and it's funny too because like you look at Clyde and how he performs and plays and how they utilize him, and it's very very confusing. Uh, and then you look at like so when Clyde is out, Daryl Williams comes in, okay. Yep. And and they target him a lot. They did. Yep. They targeted him more than they targeted Clyde on the season. And I know Williams played all the season, but like. There were games where they had nine targets, four targets, six targets, five targets to, to Daryl Williams down the stretch where, you know, Clyde didn't play. So it's like you you have a running back you drafted in the first round that you're not utilizing like your backup running back who's 26 years old. Like I, I, don't, I don't get what the Chiefs are doing. Like they have a great offense. They have a great offensive coach, you know, Andy mm-hmm. Reid. And I really don't have the the wherewithal to or the 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 ability to say that I would know better than <laughs> Andy Reid, but yeah, I just don't know what they're doing with Clyde, and I don't know if it's a Clyde thing or it's a Chiefs thing where there's more respect for Clyde, so they just don't give him the ball as much and they throw it down the field. They use him as a decoy. I, I have no idea. I because Daryl Williams sucks. Like he's not good. <laughs> yeah, when they throw him in there when he's the starter, he ends up playing really well. And that's the expectation that you want. Like those games that Clyde missed, that Daryl Williams played in and started, he had 22, mm-hmm. 6, 14, 9, 24. Like I would imagine that that's a top 10 running back if I did the, the numbers out. 
for yeah. that stretch of games. So I just don't get it. Now, Clyde is also hella inconsistent, so that's another problem that he has. But what are our expectations moving forward now quickly um, with Clyde going into 22? Yeah. I mean, it's been two years now where um, we've expected big things from him, and he hasn't really produced. He was He has been bad. He just hasn't reached the expectations right. that we've had for him. Um, I would say at this point, I'm not going to predict him as a league winner. I'm not going to predict him as a breakout. I think he kind of is what he is until um, the they just change. <laughs> what is it? Until the status quo changes. Yeah, until they start using him um, differently. And to be honest, you can't predict that. That's just going to happen if it happens. Andy Reid will just decide. But Clyde right now... There. It doesn't look likely for him. I think he's he's a fine flex player, um, low end RB two type player. He reminds but, me a little bit of Josh Jacobs. Yeah, Not in terms that's of pretty play, much play style because they're kind of different running backs. But that's what he is. Just at this point. in terms of fantasy, like and would you wise. for twenty twenty two? Would you rather have Jacobs or Claude? Josh Jacobs. Yeah, because um, but he's in that category. The Raiders like to use Josh. It's very close, but I would I would probably agree with you. Now we're talking like I'm thinking that he's dropped because of the scarcity of the running running back position, and you know injuries are going to happen over the offseason. I would imagine sure. that he's going to be a fourth round pick, maybe. Fifth. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's still not bad. That's it's not bad, bad for part. him. Yeah, and it's a good like for you. It might be a good value when the season comes along, but. If right. he starts getting hyped into the second or third round, I'm willing to back out on him yeah. <laughs> and not buy in. Because what was he, a second-round pick this year? Late he was like a late third? second, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, who was uh, – give me – because this one's yours, Rick. Give me okay. the, uh, the second biggest miss. Oh. Yeah, I swung and missed on this one. My, uh, I, think he, I think in my bold prediction show, I said Terry McLaurin would be a top five Oof. fancy wide receiver and uh that definitely did not happen. And look, he started off pretty good. Um, and he was getting heavily targeted and he was making big plays. Did you see that one-handed catch he had in the beginning of the year? I think yeah. like week three. Mm-hmm. Like ridiculous stuff. He's super talented. Um, but the problem with McLaurin is the same as it was last season. And in my in the bold prediction show that we did, one of the things I was really hyped about was with Fitzpatrick there. Fitzpatrick's just going to chuck it to him. If he gets another 134 targets, um, his yards per reception will probably go up, which it it did, but um, didn't really do much for him. Um, And he'll score more than four touchdowns. So it was one of my biggest arguments. Um, He did. He had five touchdowns (laughs) instead of four, which doesn't really change anything. And he actually had less catches and was less efficient with uh, Taylor Heineke. There were games this year, man, where, you would watch McLaurin would do something. I think against New Orleans, he had 11 targets, four catches. There was a couple games like that against the Chiefs, eight targets, four catches, where he would get open and Heineke would just miss them or they weren't on the same page. He rarely drops passes. Um, he, I think he's, I still believe in the player. I still like McLaurin, but until they get a quarterback there, it's just not going to change the fact that he's really not a wide receiver one. And at this point, he's a low end wide receiver too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, looking forward into the future too. I, I think McLaurin will probably end up being a sixth or seventh round pick would be my guess. Um, <laughs> I'd still draft him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, honestly, honestly if you can get like, cause I was getting like, I got a guy like Jerry Judy in that slot. 
Uh, obviously, he was hurt most of the season. When he came back, he really didn't play great. Um, but that, he's, he's like one of those work. wide receivers who happens to be on a not-so-great offense um, that doesn't really produce well. And I think this is a decent segue because I have something specific to say um, on this for the number three yeah. biggest miss because we can talk about conjointly, I guess, the problems over there in Washington. <laughs> but, uh, it was Antonio <laughs> yeah. Gibson, and I said he is going to be a top five running back in fantasy now, football. This one wasn't – I mean, it was. it's definitely a miss, but it's not like – there's been one. worse. There's been worse misses. So in half PPR um, – our guy Antonio Gibson ended as the RB twelve um, through fifteen games, so he he's very similar to what he was last year. But I look at Gibson as my miss from you know because um, I actually it's funny because I I was I was all in on Gibson like give me him in the sec- early second round. I think this guy's going to be top five. He's going to break out, have a really good season, and yeah. uh, didn't get him in any leaks because it just didn't end up falling in that direction so i i didn't uh you know suffer like i did with miles sanders previously but he kind of had a lot of hype surrounding him and then didn't really live up to that hype and he missed one game and through 15 games he had 186 fantasy points 12 fantasy points per game he ended up the running back 12 through 17 weeks so he was he was really really good and had a really really good season um but it's just a very similar season to what he did the previous year. He didn't really make any strides or improvements in his play style or the way he was, you know, performing. Um, and I don't think that's him. I think that's Washington, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but when you look at Gibson, I thought he was going to be a top five back because I, this guy is a wide receiver coming out of college. Yes. And and you would imagine that this football team would use a wide receiver out of the backfield as like Debo, like, you know, <laughs> they you know what, though? and, and I, they agree, I agree with you. Yeah. They didn't use Antonio Gibson like that because they had JD McKissick because they had right. what they would consider right. their right. pass catching running back. And so that has been in Gibson's problem. And that was the same thing with Miles Sanders, where I looked at Sanders the previous year and I said, okay, this guy is going to be a breakout because I think he can be that we're, we're, we're looking for the next Christian McCaffrey pass catching running back. That's going to get 110 targets and just completely destroy people through the air. Um, and like, it's funny because we look at Clyde, we expected him to be that we look at Antonio Gibson, we expected them to be that last year in the 2020 season when I didn't get Miles Sanders, right? I expected him to be that. So when you expect yeah. these guys to get pass catching work and they don't, that's where the prediction kind of goes sour. Now, Gibson had a good season. Like, I mean, where you drafted him is probably exactly where he finished flat even, but yeah. Um, were you in the fantasy championship because you made this really great draft pick? No. Right. So, so um, I, I don't know if you want to give your thoughts on Gibson before I, I explain the, the more. Yeah. Macro I'll just quickly say, I think Gibson was good. Um, and what I was going <laughs> to, the point I was going to bring up was when you brought up McKissick, when McKissick went down, they all of a sudden started using Gibson like that. He was, he got targeted seven times, six times, mm-hmm. two and against Dallas, but then seven again against Philly and four against Dallas yeah. before he got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he was starting to get used like that. And at the end of the season, it felt like this was the Antonio Gibson we were going to get. But through, like, the first 11 weeks of the season, though, he was just not not that great. Um, his his biggest problem, too, was his efficiency was way down this year compared to last year. And I don't know if it's that's because he... Quarterback. 
if it's a problem with the quarterback, if it was off. Well, I mean, last year, honest, who did I they don't... have at quarterback? It was, uh, gosh, it was a mix of players. It was a mix of players. It wasn't Fitzpatrick. Patrick was on the watch. Because I know uh, they were on the Heineke Dolphins. at the end of the season. But Heineke was... was at the end. They, I know they had Kyle Allen for a stretch. They had oh, um, wow. Alex Smith. They had Alex Smith. Oh, who yeah. Was at least, he was actually, uh, like, he wasn't good stats-wise, no. but he was helping the team move the ball down the field. So Yeah, he was. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I think. I think the more the larger issue with Gibson and Terry McLaurin is is the and this is something that I think we'll talk about most likely on the, for another year because I just can't I can't stop myself from buying in on players uh, for another year on the lessons learned uh, podcast or episode that we do is buying into these really really not great offenses thinking that they're going to be really good even if like we make the assumption that Ryan Fitzpatrick plays the whole season is the expectation that that offense is going to be really good with Ryan Fitzpatrick a quarterback probably not and so like sometimes with players you just fall in love with them and you close your eyes and say hmm you know I don't yeah. care. I don't care if he's on a bad team. I just want him to be really good. And then they get in the season and you spend so much time looking at the numbers that you can somehow make up the fact that he could somehow be really, really good in a bad offense. And there's there's a select few players in the NFL that can be on a bad offense and have success. Christian McCaffrey is yep. one of those people. Um, and not every time a player is on a bad offense, you know, uh, is 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 that going to be successful, right? We have a breakout player that we we nailed this year in DeAndre Swift, but he was on freaking a terrible offense in Detroit. And so it limited his consistency because they just weren't good enough to be good for the whole entire season. So when they were bad, Swift was bad. And when they were really good, Swift was really good. Um, and so it's the same thing with Terry McLaurin and Gibson where there are weeks where they were really good, but their, their production and their efficiency is tied to the success of their offense. And if you don't take that to, into account as a fantasy player, you're going to end yeah. up drafting guys that that bust out on you when you think they're going to be really good. I mean, we can talk about this when we get to that show, but like if you look at the top players, right, ninety five percent of them in the top twelve in at running back and at wide receiver are on good offenses, not just good, but like the best offenses in the league: the Rams, the Packers. The you, get these, you get these the Brando guys, right? Running back position, for example. JT, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, all great offenses. Leonard Fournette, top five, all great offenses. Zeke, Zeke. one of the best offenses in the NFL. James Conner, one ones. of the best offenses in the NFL. The only yeah. one in that top seven that I just mentioned. Go ahead, say it, Rick. Well, Najee. he's the next guy I was going to say. But... Oh, oh, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, he yeah. plays. <laughs> I was going to say Najee Harris, though. I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Steelers were an too, anomaly yeah. this year. But and... even the Steelers, like for as bad as their offense is, they still put up a decent – like they're not like the worst offense in the yeah, league. Yeah, they're mediocre. They put, middle because the they, have, they have a lot of great skill position players like Najee Harris. And so, like, but you even keep going down. Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara. Yep. Like Rick said, we'll talk about this on on probably the those. But show. and those those are bad offenses. But those two players are like the best of the best. Well, Nick Chubb is not even on and a bad that, offense. Like that's a decent yeah. offense in the NFL. And and Kamara is is on a bad offense. But Aaron Jones is not. Browns He's and, number nine. 
Yeah, true. It, right. It's like Rick said, 80 to 90% of the guys in the top 10, top 12 are... Wide receiver position is the same thing. You have a better shot of drafting a guy in a good offense, even if it's not a sexy, great pick. It's not a breakout yep. pick. Uh, but you have a better shot at success doing that than saying, you know what, I'm going to hit on the one guy in that bad offense. It just yeah. doesn't work. So I think those it's that's harder. the main reason why we we kind of struck out on uh, Gibson and McLaurin there, two Washington guys. <laughs> um, yep. But anyway, let's quickly go through the next couple guys. Um, and it's not going to take too long to get through them because it was kind of just like a big strikeout and miss, and there's not much to discuss on them. But we both got these guys wrong, so I'll do four, and Rick, you can do five. Um, sure. So Adam Trotman and Cole Komet, we both pegged them. We 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 both pegged them as breakouts, and um, obviously the Bears was a situation where they were going back and forth between quarterbacks and injuries and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, the Cole Komet breakout never really came to fruition. There's some good signs there in, in uh, Chicago that he could be a really good tight end for yep. them when, when Justin Fields figures it out and other things. Maybe but, as soon as next year, too, he can be a good player. But Right, exactly. So I think Cole Komet will be okay. Um, there was one guy that I was really in on all offseason, though, um, just because of the Michael Thomas injury and the yep. – you know, the, the lack of weapons that they had, and then they have Jameis Winston and he's, you know, he's a good passer, so he can probably move the ball. And it was, it was Adam Trotman. And I believe he ended up getting hurt, but even when he was on the field, he sucked. Like he wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't good for fantasy at all. And I thought maybe they would target Adam Trotman because I would argue that that is probably their best offensive weapon at this point. (laughs) They suck everywhere else besides Kamara, obviously. Um, but like I thought they were going to target Trotman a little bit more this year, um, and it obviously wasn't the year. Um, so, and these tight ends, they're only in year two too. So it usually takes these kids two, three, four years to develop. I mean, Gaisiki is in his fourth, fifth year, and that's when he finally like came onto the scene as one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Um, and when I say that, I mean like top ten because tight ends below. But right. yeah, it's just we struck out on both of these guys, and I think it was a. I think it was a little bit too early to roll out the breakout train for Adam Trotman and Cole Komet. I think it was a little too early as well. And I think it was just us trying to hit on the next guy, you know, um, it's still, they were late picks. They were like 15, 15th round picks. So it wasn't like we lost anybody leagues by taking Trotman or Cole Komet. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, us trying to find, I think that, because the year before we had a couple like TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, we we hit on um, Hawk, no we fan. hit on Noah Fant, we hit on but the last Goddard. three years I think we've hit on at least one tight end. But we had the same mindset this year of like, okay, Hawkinson and Fant had bad rookie years, but they were rookies and then they hit in year two. They're also two of the those best guys to come out. Exactly. Since. Those guys were first round picks and high end prospects. Um Trotman and Cole Komet. Cole Komet's a a very good prospect. And I like Trotman too. Um, they're good prospects, but they're not TJ Hawkinson. They kind of have to earn their way to target share and a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the, and then the last guy was, uh, <laughs> we had him pegged as a league winning quarterback. Just based on draft is, position. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Based on draft position, which is Ryan Tannehill. And you're oh, probably thinking my you guys God. are idiots. That's disgusting. All that stuff. That might've been the worst. I think of all of the misses we have. 
it might, might, might've been, it was bad, but there's a base, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere. Tannehill, when he took over as the Titans starting quarterback in his first year in 2019 was the QB three. Wow. QB three last season was the QB eight. He was getting drafted as like the QB 10 or 11. Yep. And we're like, this is free value for a guy who is now has almost two full years of um, evidence behind him being a top eight fantasy quarterback. He now has Julio Jones. You can make the argument. I mean, at this point in his career, I it's close to me, but I think Julio is obviously an upgrade over Corey Davis. Um, another year of AJ Brown. So he has weapons. What could go wrong? Then all the guys got hurt. And to be honest, he has also kind of sucked. He's come back down to earth. I think teams are figuring it out. He looks exactly like Tannehill from the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, Derek Henry. Not having Derek Henry kind of helps too. I think that, but he even before then he wasn't doing good. Right, he was doing great. Um, oh, I feel like I got a sneeze, but I'm not sneezing. This I is so bad. I thought you burped, and I was like, "Wow, no." Smooth. The sneeze is like coming any minute, but it's not. At the same time, this is horrible. Anyway, now, funny thing is, is if you look at the numbers, Tannehill ended up being uh, QB thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> which is freaking hilarious so gross um no but i i think like rick said it was just for me it was value and you know obviously the something that's been really different about Tannehill this year that he didn't really have a problem with last year is that there's usually rushing involved whether mm. it's rushing touchdowns well, or a base floor of 40 to 50 yards a game that's what you were kind of getting out of him so when you look at just his passing in the last two years with tennessee it turned out to be like 15, 16 points a game, but then he added four or five fantasy points on the ground, which got him up to 20, 25, you know, fantasy points per game. Uh, yeah. And this year, the rushing just was was kind of there sometimes, but it, it didn't really come to fruition for most of the season, which led Ryan Tannehill to a place where, you know, he ends up being the QB 13 or 14 and a QB 2, which is not what you're looking for, um, you know, for your fantasy team, especially if you draft this guy in the 10th, 11th round. I mean, that's yeah. a real waste I was of a draft. That too, but I mean, he only has last year, he had 33 passing touchdowns. He yeah. only has 17 this year. Um, and his turnovers too. Last year, he only had, eight, I think that's another big thing that's underrated. He had eight turnovers last season total. Mm-hmm. So only seven picks and one lost fumble. Yeah. This year, he has 18 turnovers, oh. 14 interceptions, Ooh. four fumble losses. So, so another thing that uh, I think lowers his weekly point total every week, you know, that's minus mm-hmm. two points than what he should be getting almost pretty much every single week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I think it's just multiple things with Daniel, multiple things, yep. but yeah, we got that one wrong. I agree. Um, so there you go. Our biggest misses. Got to get that outro plan. Biggest misses of the 2021 season. Um, we like to hold ourselves accountable, give you guys the real information here and tell you what we got wrong so we can get better for next year, help you guys win fantasy championships. We'll talk to you Thursday, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the fantasy champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF champs.